Welcome to today's podcast. I'm Fernando Alcoholic. Thank you so much for coming in today. Let's go ahead and switch over to the Serenity Prayer. We're going to do the Daily Reflections, the 24-hour little book, and probably what King Solomon has to say for today for the second, our sponsor, Solomon. Here we go. Yep, you're sponsored too. It's because it's common sense. That's our sponsor. And common sense equates to God himself. He's given us brains to use, after all. His brains, if we hook up to him, if we say uncle. Let's pray. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. November 2nd, keeping optimism afloat. The other steps can keep most of us sober and somehow functioning, but step 11 can keep us growing. The language of the heart, page 240. A sober alcoholic finds it much easier to be optimistic about life. Optimism is the natural result of my finding myself gradually gradually able to meet, able to make the best. Optimism, again, optimism is the natural result of my finding myself gradually able to make the best rather than the worst of each situation. As my physical sobriety continues, I come out of the fog, gain a clear perspective, and I am better able to determine which course of action to take. As vital as physical sobriety is, as I can achieve a greater potential for myself by developing an ever-increasing willingness to avail myself of the guidance and direction of a higher power. My ability to do so comes from my learning and practicing the principles of the AA program. The melding of my physical and spiritual sobriety, the unity, produces the substance of a more positive life. Amen. Fernando Alcoholic. For me, the, uh, this is taken care of. Optimism happens when I make the triangle real to my own self be true. The triangle in our coins to my own self be true. I am in service. What can I do for others? Coffee, run a meeting. How can I get the guts to run a meeting and put up with everything? That myself. Maybe that's one of the reasons that today I'm, I'm broadcasting to you from Poi Pew from uh, Hyatt, no, it's uh, from Hilton Resort in Hawaii. I've been invited here, and I'm going to meetings. And anyway, just miracle after miracle after. Why? Because I make coffee for the group. Why? Because I help run the meetings. Why? Because when people go on vacation, I take the books and I use their their books and help run their meeting. You know, why? I make myself available to the cause, which is the newcomer coming trembling with a court card. Come on, guys. It's easy. Declare it. Let it be. And gals, you too. All right, let's get back to our what we said we were going to do. Now we're going to be reading today's 24-hour little book for November the 2nd. A8 Thought for the Day. I have faith. That thing that makes the world seem right. That thing that makes the sense, the thing that makes sense at last, that awareness of the divine principle in the universe which holds it all together and gives it unity and purpose and goodness and meaning. Life is no longer ashes in my mouth or bitter to the taste. It is all one glorious whole because God is holding it together. Faith is the leap into the unknown, the venture into what lies beyond our ken. That which brings untold rewards of peace and serenity. Have I faith? Do I have faith? Amen. You know, Fernando Alcoholic, complaining, criticizing, condemning uh, dissipates fate. Fate goes away. Drinking, brawling, putting my hope in others and sports, fate goes away and anger takes its place. How do we know? We experience it. That's how we know. That's how I know. I'm better the next day if I read and go through a list of 10-step gratitude. I wake up refreshed, full of energy, and ready to go again. 
Thank you, God. Amen. Meditation for the day. Keep yourself like an empty vessel for God to fill. Keep pouring out yourself to help others so that God can keep filling you up with his spirit. The more you give, the more you will have for yourself. God will see that you are kept filled as long as you are giving to others. But if you selfishly try to keep all for yourself, you are soon blocked off from God. Your sources supply and you will become stagnant and ignorant. To be clear, a lake must have an inflow and an outflow. Again, to be clear, refresh, a lake must have an inflow, inflow and an outflow and an influence. Oh, I am your influence through the Holy Spirit talking to you. Prayer for the day. I pray that I may keep pouring out what I receive. I pray that I may keep the stream clear and flowing. Amen. Isn't that a validation of what I just said? Isn't that amazing? How did I know that this reading was going to go that way? I didn't. I promise you. I didn't read it ahead of time. The flow of God's spirit. The flow of God's common sense. The flow of recovery. Lord, we pray for recovery today. Unity, Lord, we pray that we may unite it in love with others and service. Lord, God, give me the courage to serve others, to run a meeting, to start meetings, to sit in a restaurant with the AA Big Book and to be, a, to be fully alive and well to help someone else that's going through something, to be there at the right time in the right place and have a five-minute meeting that would help somebody strengthen their faith and mine. And ours. Amen. All right. I'm being long-winded this morning. I apologize. Let's go ahead and read uh, Proverbs 2. Thank you, King Solomon, our sponsor. This is the authorized King James Version. Here we go. The Lord gives wisdom. <clears throat> Give it wisdom. The Lord give it knowledge. And the Lord give it understanding. Walk in the way of good men. Oh, that was the opening. My son, if thou wilt receive my words and hide my commandments with thee, so that thou incline thy ear unto wisdom and apply thine heart unto understanding, yea, if thou criest after knowledge and lift up thy voice for understanding, if thou seekest her as silver and searchest her for as hid treasure, then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord giveth wisdom. Out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. He laid up sound wisdom for the righteous. He is a buckler for them that walk uprightly. He keepeth the path of judgment and preserveth the way of his saints. Then thou shalt understand righteousness and judgment and iniquity. Yeah, every good path. Then you shall understand righteousness and judgment and equity. Yeah, every good path. When wisdom entered into your heart and knowledge is pleasant unto thy soul, discretion shall preserve thee, understanding shall keep thee, to deliver thee from the way of the evil man and from the man that speaketh forward things, who leaves the path of uprightness, to walk in the way of darkness, who rejoice to do evil and delight in the forwardness of the wicked whose ways are crooked and they're forward in their path, to deliver thee from the strange woman, even from the stranger which flattereth with her words, which forsaketh the guide of her youth and forgetteth the covenant of her God. For her house inclineth unto death and her path unto the dead. None that go into her return at, again, neither take they hold of the path of life, that thou mayest walk in the way of good men and keepeth the path of the righteous. For the upright shall dwell in the land, and the perfect shall remain in it. But the wicked shall be cut off from the earth, and the transgressors shall be root, rooted out of it. Trust in the Lord with thy, all thy heart. Trust in the Lord with all thy heart, and lean not unto your understanding. In other words... Acknowledge the Lord in prayer and ask Him to keep you sober today. Let us ask Him to keep us sober all day. 
acknowledging God in all our ways is saying, thank you, God, for this thing that's bothering me. Thank you, God, for this opportunity that I have. Thank you, God, for this time that I have this next hour. Acknowledging God every hour keeps us safe and keeps his presence, his common sense in front of us. The Lord will go before us when we acknowledge him. His pre-sense, his common sense will go before us, especially when something bad happens. We say, thank you, God. I didn't see this coming. Thank you, God, for this situation. You and I, we're going to get through this. How about a need or a loneliness or, or a loss? Thank you, God, for what I'm going through. You and I are going to get through this. I thank you for this situation that you're here with me. I thank you that you encompass me with your presence and we go forward. Because this life has twists and turns, ups and downs. Paradise is coming. It's not here yet, but we have a taste of it. God bless you all. Give them heaven. Let's go ahead and close out with the Lord's Prayer. Please. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Keep coming back. It works. Greetings, family. Fernando, your host. Let's go ahead and open this meeting with a moment of silence followed by the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. Courage to change the things I can and wisdom to know the difference. Amen. Welcome to today's podcast of Alcoholics Anonymous. I'm not a representative for AA. I'm just a product. What you see here is about 40 years of activity. Praise the Lord. Looks like the phone froze. Then it picked up again. Yep, it's working. Okay, let's go ahead and get the study um, done. I'm in Hawaii, like I said, in the Hilton and Poi Pew on P Road. Can you imagine? P-E-E Road. P, apostrophe, E, and then E. E, apostrophe. Anyway, piss on it. <laughs> let's get to our reading right away page 24 the alcoholic may say to himself in the most casual way it won't burn me this time so here's how or perhaps he doesn't think at all how often some of us begun to drink in this nonchalant way and after the third or fourth pounded on the bar said to ourselves, for God's sake how did I ever get started again only to have that thought supplanted by well I'll stop with the sixth drink, or what's the use anyhow? Amen. If you are seriously alcoholic as we were, we believe there's no real middle-of-the-road solution. We were in a position where life was becoming impossible, and we had passed into the region from which there's no return through human aid. We had but two alternatives. One was to go on to the bitter end and blotting out the consciousness of our intolerable situation as best we could, and the other was to accept spiritual help. This we did because we really wanted to and were willing to make the effort. This is the how and why of it. First of all, we all had to quit playing God, all of us. It didn't work. Next, we decided that hereafter, in this drama of life, God was going to be our director. He is the principal. We are his agents. He is the father. We are his children. Most good ideas are simple. And this concept was the keystone of the new and triumphant art through which we pass through freedom. Amen. At last, 
acceptance proved to be the key to my drinking problem. After I've been around AA for seven months, tapering off alcohol and pills, not finding the program working very well, I was finally able to say, Okay, God, it is true that I, of all people, strange as it may seem, and even though I didn't give my permission, really, really am an alcoholic of sorts, and it's all right with me. Now what am I going to do about it? When I stopped living in the problem and began living in the answer, the problem went away. From that moment on, I have not had a single compulsion to drink. Shakespeare said, all the world's a stage, all the men and women merely players. He forgot to mention that I was the chief critic. I was always able to see the flaw in every person, every situation. And I was glad, always glad to point it out because I knew you wanted perfection just as I did. AA and acceptance has taught me there's a bit of good in the worst of us and a bit of bad in the best of us. That we are all children of God and we each have a right to be here. When I complain about me or about you, I am complaining about God's handiwork. I am saying that I know better than God. For years, I thought that the worst thing that could happen to a nice guy like me would be that I would turn out to be an alcoholic. Today, I find it is the best thing that has ever happened to me. This proves I don't know what's good for me, and if I don't know what's good for me, then I don't know what's good or bad for you or for anyone. So I'm better off if I don't give advice, don't figure I know what's best, and just accept life on life's terms as it is today, especially my own life, as it actually is. Before AA, I judged myself by my intentions while the world was judging me by my actions. Amen. So he said to me, if you have a resentment, God did, you want to be free of, if you will pray for that person or the thing that you resent or write it down, you will be free. If you will ask in prayer for everything you want for yourself to be given to them, write it down, you will be free. Ask for their health, their prosperity, their happiness, and you will be free even when you don't really want it for them and your prayers are merely words and you don't mean it. Go ahead and write it down anyway. You'll be 51% almost to the 100 mark of finishing this task. Do it every day for two weeks and you will find you have come to mean it and want it for them and you will realize that where you used to feel bitterness and resentment and hatred, you now feel compassionate, understanding, and love. It worked for me then, and it has worked for me every time then, and it will work all the time, and it will work for those who is willing to work it. Sometimes I have to ask first for the willingness, but to it always comes. And because it is working, we can see it working. The only freedom a human being can ever know is doing what you ought to do because you want to do it. You want to do it because it works, and you, t you can take advice. So write down the person's name, write down where that God, we're asking for their health to be their best, the best person they can be. We ask for their prosperity to be the best prosperity they can be in their lifetime and for their happiness. And we document it and sign it and declare that we're going to pray for them, put it in an envelope and we're going to pray for them for the, for the next 14, 15 days, raise it up to heaven, carry the envelope with us everywhere we go. Just constantly be saying those prayers up to heaven till we break the forces of darkness that are encompassing us and we, we declare freedom on ourselves and on them and we're free from the resentment. This great experience that released me from the bondage of hatred and replaced it with love is just really another affirmation of the truth I know. I get everything I need in Alcoholic Anonymous, and everything I need I get, and when I get what I need, I invariably find that it was just what I wanted all the time. Both, amen. Page 100. Both you and the new man must walk day by day in the path of spiritual progress. If you persist, remarkable things will happen. When we look back, we realize that the things we came to us when we put ourselves in God's hands were better than anything we could have planned. Follow the dictates of a higher power and you will presently live in a new and wonderful world no matter what your present circumstance. Page 83. If we are painstaking 
about this phase of our prayers and our development, we will be amazed before we're halfway through. We are going to know a new freedom and a new happiness. We will not regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it. We will comprehend the word serenity and we will know peace no matter how far down the scale we have gone. We will see how our experience can benefit others. That feeling of self-pity will disappear and uselessness will be gone. We will lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in our fellows. Self-seeking will slip away. Our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. Fear of people and economic insecurity will leave us. We will intuitively know how to handle situations we used to baffle us. We will suddenly realize that God is doing for us what we cannot do for ourselves. Are these extravagant promises? We think not. They are being fulfilled among us, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. They will always materialize if we pray and work for them. Work, 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 work. Amen. Okay, let's go ahead and finish off the page 43. Once more, the alcoholic or resentful person at certain times has no effective mental defense against the first drink, except in a few rare cases. He gets arrested. Neither he nor any other human being can provide such a defense. His defense must come from a higher power. D.N. Beautiful, 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 wonderful words of life. Let's go ahead and pray for our sobriety today. God, help me to stay sober today. Help me to see what you're doing in people's lives. Help me to add and what you're up to. We, we pray in your name. Amen. Keep coming back. It works if you work it. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for coming to today's podcast. I'm Fernando, alcoholic. Let's go ahead and open the meeting with a moment of silence followed by the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Hope you're doing well. Welcome to today's uh, reading of Daily Reflections, an article from the grapevine, and... King Solomon's Proverbs for today. Happy November 1st. Today's topic is, I cannot change the wind. <laughs> it is easy to let up on the spiritual program of action and rest on our laurels. We are headed for trouble if we do, for alcohol is a set of full. Alcoholic Anonymous, page 85. Again, it is easy to ease up on our spiritual progress of action and turn on the TV or the YouTube and rest. We are headed for trouble if we do, for alcohol is a subtle foe. My first sponsor told me that there were two things to say about prayer and meditation. First, I had to start, and second, I had to continue. When I came to AA, my spiritual life was bankrupt. If I considered God at all, He was to be called upon only when my self will was incapable of a task or when overwhelming fears had eroded my ego. Today I am grateful for a new life, one in which my prayers are those of thanksgiving. My prayer time is more for listening than for talking. I know today that if I cannot change the wind, I can adjust my sail. I know the difference between superstition and spirituality. I know there is a grateful way of being right and many ways of being wrong wonderful wonderful reading of today's reflection and now for a short story from a grapevine from 2003 in september thank you god in september Here's a story of a, called The Journey to Kazakhstan. The story of the fellowship got started in Eurasian Steppe, wherever that's at. A mission organization called me wanting my, my help. Yes, we know you aren't the missionary type, but we need someone who knows something about alcoholism. 
As a sober member of AA and a professional in their treatment field, this was an area where I might be of service. I sat at lunch, lunch and heard their story of mission work in the former Soviet satellite country of Kazakhstan, a poor and struggling nation in Central Asia. Kazakhstan had many wolves, one which was a huge problem of alcoholism and drug addiction. A Catholic priest had helped start a small AA meeting in the city of Karagayanda, but it was struggling with many slippers. Would I consider going to this remote place to carry the message? I was intrigued until I learned it would cost me more than $3,000 to travel there. I apologized, but after all, I had four kids, one entering college. I figured that was the end of it. Then I attended the AA International Conference in Minneapolis, my first despite nearly 29 years of sobriety. We gathered in the stadium for the flag ceremony. As I watched the flags appear in alphabetic order, we came to the letter K. No flag for Kazakhstan. I began to weep. I thought of the many thousands of frivolous dollars I spent on my life only to be grudge my suffering alcoholic friends in Kazakhstan. A few bucks I called when I got home. I'm going. Travel to Kazakhstan is arduous. A full three hours east of Moscow by plane, it was truly a trip into another world. An impoverished post-Soviet nation where the average wage of $60 a month. We arrived with four duffel bags that were packed with big books in Russian translation, paid for by AA members and other friends. We divided the bags among us to get through customs since we were told Kazakhstan officials routinely confiscated written materials as contraband. Thus began a two-week journey through the Eurasian steppe from Petropolsk, where Solzhenitism wrote the Gulug Archipelago, to Astana, the capital. Our itinerary took us to public meetings, two universities, and numerous treatment centers, bleak hospitals that harkened back to American mental hospitals of the 1930s, sometimes a chair, two or three meetings a day. Sometimes I shared through two, three times a day. I, never, I will never forget the experience of going into alcoholic hospitals with a bag of Russian big books, sharing the message of recovery, then passing out the books as gift to the patients. These men and women were hungry for recovery and received the books with great gratitude. Coming back the next day and seeing the looks on their faces was indescribable. Even through translators, I could see men and women move from despair to skepticism to hope. Sometimes one would approach me and ask for extra books for alcoholics who were too sick to come to the day room. I met the small band of alcoholics and their spouses who had a few months before we arrived. <clears throat> Founded AA groups number one in Karaganda, Kazakhstan. <clears throat> they were so moved to see, <clears throat> excuse me, to see real members of AA. And I was equally moved to see these extraordinary folk cradling with reverence a single battered Russian big book, and they each had each other. There were tears on both sides as we shared our common problems and our experienced strength and hope. These people, alcoholics, professionals alike, had never met an alcoholic who had stayed sober with any lasting success. I was walking miracle to many, many of them, more so after I qualified myself with my story. I began to imagine what life in the United States had been like before Bill and Bob met, when hopelessness stays in sanitariums were the norm, and alcoholics were viewed as doomed people. We helped start eight AA meetings in four cities and introduced the newly recovering men and women to the treatment centers so they could make 12-step calls. We talked at length about the traditions which are not yet translated into Russian but are much needed. We ate dinner in their homes and laughed and cried. 
On the night before we left, there was a public meeting at that old crumbling communist hall. The event was billed in the paper as a sober American alcoholic telling his story. I will never give another open talk like it. There were 250 men and women, battered alcoholics and old babushkas in house dresses. (laughs) They were so desperate. After I spoke, their homegrown Lois W., a woman named Ludmila, took the family members back to the auditorium for Kazakhstan's first open Elnon meeting. I invited any alcoholics who wished to stay and get a big book to come up front. More than 75 men and women clamored forward, hopefully, hopeful that their answers was in the one book. And I knew that the answer was there for them and each other and in each other. I recently received word that Kasha Kristan's AA group member one celebrated its second anniversary. In all four cities, alcoholics are finding sobriety and each other. It is slow going, but the process has begun. It is my prayer that in Toronto in 2005 or at some future international convention, the opening ceremony would include the lovely blue flag of Kashtan. For 31 years, I have been privileged to receive the many benefits of being a member of Alcoholic Anonymous, but none have been greater than having been of some small service in this foreign land. Anonymous from Ann Arbor, Michigan. Thank you very much for sending that story in. I too myself have ordered a book from in Russian from New York when I was in Sacramento, West Sacramento. I was running a meeting, started some morning meetings and I started getting a lot of uh, Russian and they didn't speak any English at all. 18 year old, 19 year old with a court card. Beautiful people and they were bringing in their friends into the meeting. Uh, so they, uh, so I ordered the book and I gave it to that person and I was hoping they'd start a Russian meeting because of the, uh, population community was pretty big in West Sacramento. Uh, I know, I never know what happened to the book or the people and so forth. They were pretty young, but that was hopefully one day when I passed through there, I can see AA in Russian in West Sacramento. I'm Fernando Alcoholic. That's a pretty good moving story. Now, let's go ahead and see what King Solomon has to say for today on the 1st of November. We will start with uh, the Good News Translation Bible. The Value of Proverbs. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, and king of Israel. These are the Proverbs that will help you recognize wisdom and good advice and understanding sayings with deep meaning. They can teach you how to live intelligently and how to be honest, just, and fair. They can make an inexperienced person clever and teach young people how to be resourceful. These Proverbs can even add to the knowledge of the wise and give guidance to the educated so that they can understand the hidden meanings of Proverbs and the problems that the wise raise. Advice to the young. To have knowledge, you must first have reverence for the Lord. Stupid people have no respect for wisdom and refuse to learn. My child, pay attention to what your father and mother tell you. Their teachings will improve your character as a handsome turban or a necklace improves your appearance. My child, when sinners tempt you, don't give in. Suppose they say, come on, let's find someone to kill. Let's attack someone innocent, people for the fun of it. They may be alive and well when we find them, but they'll be dead when we're through with them. We'll find all kinds of riches and fill our house with loot. Come and join us, they say, and we'll all share what we steal. My child, don't go with people like God. Stay away from them. They can't wait to do something bad. They're always ready to kill. It doesn't no good to spread a net when the bird you want to catch is watching. 
But people like that are setting a trap for themselves, a trap in which they will die. Robbery always claims the life of the robber. This is what happens to anyone who lives by violence. Listen, wis- listen. Wisdom is calling out in the street and marketplace, calling loudly at the city gates and wherever people come together. Foolish people, how long do you want to be foolish? How long do you, will you enjoy making fun of knowledge? Will you never learn? Listen when I reprimand you. I will give you good advice and share my knowledge with you. I have been calling you, inviting you to come, but you would not listen. You paid no attention to me. You have ignored all my advice and have not been willing to let me correct you. So when you get into trouble, I will laugh at you. I will make fun of you when terror strikes. When it comes on you like a storm bringing fierce wind of trouble and you are in pain and misery, then you will call for wisdom, but I will not answer. You may look for me everywhere, but you will not find me. You have never had any use for for knowledge and have always refused to obey the Lord. You have never wanted my advice or paid any attention when I corrected you. So then you will get what you deserve and your own actions will make you sick. Inexperienced people die because they reject wisdom. Stupid people are destroyed by their own lack of concern. But whoever listens to me will have security. He will be safe with no reason to be afraid. Amen. These are the words of King Solomon out of the Proverbs chapter 1, Good News Testament. Amen. Broadcasting to you from Kauai, Hawaii. I went to a meeting yesterday called outside called Drop the Rock. Highly recommended that you pick up this easy-to-read book. It's called Drop the Rock. And it was based on Sandy Beach talk. You can find it on YouTube. AA speaker Sandy Beach dropped the rock. Very famous speech he did. And the rock signifies the thinking that we're holding on to our old ways. In other words, let go and let God. Let God take over and let go of your fears or anything anyway god bless you thank you so much for coming on today's podcast let's go ahead and finish it off with the uh, lord's prayer please our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread And forgive us of our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Keep coming back. It's working. Greetings, everyone. Fernando Alcoholic coming to you from Hawaii. Kauai, that's the ocean waves, and we're at the beach, the island, the garden island, I guess they call it. Let's go ahead and open this meeting with a moment of silence, followed by the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Amen. AA is a fellowship of men and women who share their experience, strength, and hope with each other that they may solve their common problems and help others to recover from alcoholism. There's a bumblebee here. Looks like a yellow one flying around me. And then there's also a, a seal, a seal on the taking a nap. Looks just like a rock. It's beautiful out here. I was here a few years ago and doing a 7 a.m. meeting. I just got done doing the 7 a.m. meeting. And like I said before, what you talk about, what you think about, it's going to come about. I'll give an example. A few years ago, I came here for a 7 a.m. meeting. And they left a book, a big book behind. The, uh, there was a big book meeting and they all left. I looked back and there was a still big book on the table right here in front of the beach. 
So I grabbed the book and I walked to the water and I asked God to, I picked up the book to the, to the ocean and I said, Father, I want to see a whale jump. And people told me it's impossible because uh, whale season is not here. Six or to eight weeks till whale season. And sure enough, a whale jumped. And I saw the scales, but the sun hit the scale, the sun was hitting it, and it looked rainbow just like a fish. Just a beautiful giant of a fish. And God answered my prayer. I know he's there. He doesn't, I don't tempt him anymore. I have to walk by faith. I have to act like faith. I have to act like he's here. Like 1947, 49, somebody wrote a book. It says, act like God is listening to your prayers. Make believe. Remember kids, we used to make believe. Remember we used to make believe a lie? When I say a lie five times, I started to believe it. And remember, yeah, I went to school. Yeah. About the fifth time, I told myself, wow, did I go to school? I'm starting to believe my own lies. So... All right, well, let's go ahead and get our meeting started. We're going to, today's topic is live and let live for the 30th day of October. Never since it began has Alcoholics Anonymous been divided by a major controversial issue, nor has our fellowship ever publicly taken sides on any question in an embattled world. This, however, has been no earned virtue. It could almost be said that we were born with it. So long as we don't argue these matters privately, it is a sense we shall not do publicly. False Steps and False Traditions, page 176. Do I remember that I have a right to my opinion, but that others don't have to share it? That's the spirit of live and let live. The serenity prayer reminds me that God's help to accept the things I cannot change, am I still trying to change others? When it comes to courage to change the things I can, do I remember that my opinions are mine and your and yours are yours? Am I still afraid to be me? When it comes to wisdom to know the difference, do I remember that my opinions come from my experience? If I have a know-it-all attitude, aren't I being deliberately controversial? And that was me. I'm Fernando Alcoholic. I had a know-it-all attitude and you can easy, easily see if you have it if two or three people tell you that that you know you're mr know-it-all you have an answer for everything then you're trying to control everything let live and let live spoke huge to me when i came in it said let others live don't play god let other people experience their own levels of rise and fall and god loves them god forgives them they're god's kids all I can do is, I heard someone this morning at the 7 a.m. say, well, what did I bring into? How can I bring love, enthusiasm, encouragement to the situation? How can I alleviate the, the hurting of someone? And when it was time for me to share, I said, you know, today I've been saying the, uh, the supply prayer. You know the supply prayer? You know, and I'm asking God to keep me sober as I say this supply prayer. So let me hack it for you. It says something like this. God, please keep me sober today. Make me aware of what you're doing and supply me with the things I need to be of service. Even though it's not here yet, it will come. It will show up and we should have it. And we should have it, shouldn't we? It will surely come. Amen. I kind of put God on the corner there that he promises to supply all that we need when we serve him well. And so today I am in Hawaii, Kauai, the most northern island, the oldest one, I guess. And my prayer is that I stay another week. I find another place to stay another week. And I rent a car and I hit about 100% of the meetings in this island. Morning, noon, and night. Whoa. There's a turtle, guys. I'm looking at a turtle popping his head. Just beautiful, 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 beautiful world. Amen. Let me uh, find, our, find another reading for us right here that uh, I can read for us. Amen. Let's see. Let's, let's go into uh, yesterday's reading on the daily reflection, please, if I will. Our survival. 
Since recovery from alcoholism is life itself to us, it is imperative that we preserve in full strength our means of survival, 12 steps and 12 traditions. The honesty expressed by the members of AA in meetings has the power to open my mind. Nothing can block the flow of energy that honesty carries with it. The only obstacle to this flow of energy is integration. But even then, no one will find a closed door if he or she has left and chooses to return. Once he or she has received the gift of sobriety, each member is challenged on a daily basis to accept a program of honesty. My higher power created me for a purpose in life. I ask him to accept my honest efforts to continue on my journey in the spiritual way of life. I call on him for strength to know and seek his will. Amen. I'm Fernando Alcoholic. Thank you so much, everyone. I love you all. God bless you. Let's pray out with the Lord's Prayer. Fernando Alcoholic. Hi, Fernando. Welcome, Vicky, Jamie, Manny, Mike, and Mark. Fernando, alcoholic. <laughs> it's only by the grace of God I'm here, fully clothed in my right mind. Today, uh, I got that from uh, reading the Bible once. I saw that in this, and I was impressed with those readings. I said, hey, I've been there. The bufador and Ensenada. <laughs> I remember the last time I remember looking down there drinking tequila, and the next thing I remember, I'm, I'm down in a ravine with a tree, and the sun's waking me up in the leaves, and I, and I got only have a pair of Levi's on, no shoes, no socks, my, my knuckles are all bloody, and I don't know where I'm at. I still think I'm in Mexico, and I see some houses up on the top there. I said, hey, I'm going to go find my friends, you know, we were drinking the tequila, and I went up there, and I realized I was in San Diego, in the ravine. <laughs> and that was, uh, that was said because I had a, a girlfriend there that I really wanted to put life together with and stuff, and that was her turning point, because somehow I was calling her a different name from the last girlfriend, I got them mixed up, and this and that, and, and that didn't go too good. They have similar names, you know, when you get... So, uh, you know, it was just nothing but someone had told me early in life, you see the, the, the life you're living and the tattoos you're putting on yourself and everything, and he goes, someday you're going to cross some people that you're going to really want to put life together with, but because of your lifestyle, you're not going to, basically not going to qualify, and it's going to break your heart. That's basically what he said. And sure enough, that happened, you know. I was not taking directions from uh, anyone. I was, uh, my homework is in Los Angeles. I'm from Glendora, California. I come here because of the in-laws. But I, I was, uh, I was born in Tijuana, and I grew up in Echo Park area, and then uh, moved to East LA, and we did the lowrider thing and stuff, and uh, um, my dad was a drinker. Uh, he was a periodic dad. Um, he came home and just caused havoc and broken things and stuff. And the cops came. And uh, I think I, I saw him. Last time I saw him, I was seven. And I think I saw him when I was ten. I think I saw him for about lunch. And this last I saw my dad. I didn't realize that that hurt was going to last for till I was 45. When I was up here in Sacramento, we were having an AA meeting. As a matter of fact, I got 21 years sober. I came back in 1994. I'm going to retread. And we, you know, uh, the hurt of, 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 of uh, not having a parent around, I can act all cool and everything, but deep down inside there was something always making me fly off the handle, and that's why I had to pick up the drink. But I was in an AA meeting in Sacramento, and I was trying to help organize the meeting. The lady was speaking. She had a couple of blondie kids, and I was out in the corner, and we were drawing, trying to keep, her, keep them quiet. And then the little girl, she asked me, Five-year-old old blonde girl says, "Hey, what did you did not have when you were a little kid, and you always wanted?" You know, she just threw that up at me, and I airplane, model airplane or something. But then deep down inside, something came out. My dad, and boy, it took a little girl 
to take that hatchet out that had been hurting me all that time. And ever since then, I've been okay with it. You see, in here, the, the junk, those hurts of life that I had, I was born into the, the family. I inherited my parents' uh, fears, uh, impending doom fears. I inherited the labels. They used to call me Baboso. <laughs> you know, Baboso is a slug, you know, and... Uh, and you know, and they they call you those names. You tend to act out those names and stuff, you know. And so, uh, it was my responsibility to undo uh, all the, the the you know once I got here by the tools to undo all the craziness and stuff. Uh, I grew up around Echo Park area. I'm the fifth, the fourth one of the family. Me and my brother were born the same year, so he's uh, he's only a couple of months. 11 months older than me so he said I was born with the residue <laughs> and uh and he was a, he was a good fighter in school you know all the guys would come down that want to fight him and he not being there so I had to fight the guys that came looking for him and uh that's the way we grew up with a lot of craziness so I left home at age 16 in Echo Park there was five kids my dad was not around my mom was a seamstress we all spoke, uh, uh, you know, we all spoke two languages. And so after being uh, 30, about 30 times in juvenile hall by the time I was, you know, then I hit road camp and my brother, I, uh, I didn't realize how much I was hurting my mama. I'm pulling her out of the jobs and she had to be in courts and so forth and couldn't build a relationship down in Echo Park area. So I was, uh, I was labeled again, incorrigible, ward of the court, juvenile delinquent. I never finished school, but if I would have graduated school, they would have called me the most, uh, what do you call it, uh, most uh, prominent to go to prison. <laughs> Things, you know, that's, that's where I was headed. And uh, I used to drink like uh, Colt 45 uh, Schlitz malt liquor, you know, Boone's Farm, and Rainier Ale at that time, and of course Budweiser. I remember growing up, uh, I discovered beer, and uh, we wanted to steal a beer truck. Uh, and the closest we ever got to, we spotted an Olympia truck. Olympia beer? I don't know if you guys remember the little Olympia bottles? We got about three, four cases and threw them in the back of a pickup truck, but the guy that was delivering them, he started throwing the other bottles at us and trying to get us out of there. So, so we didn't try that again. But I, I did steal a car, a Mustang. I went into uh, Juvenile Hall for, for a grand theft auto. I got kicked out of about five schools, you know, junior high schools and stuff. I broke into my probation officer's uh, place and stuff. Anyway, uh, second DUI. Fast forward, San Diego, got the first DUI. I wasn't sent to AA. Uh, then my second DUI, two years later, I was sent to Alcoholic Anonymous and Anabuse School. And that was the best thing that ever happened to me because I became aware of the disease. I became aware of the prodigal son that I was and the competition in the workplace and the drink and, uh, you know, and, you know, I just wanted to talk about commitment. I made a commitment when I first came to AA that held the onslaught of alcohol. You know, even though I was coming to meetings, but I wasn't really reading the material. But once I made that commitment, the choice not to drink, even though the offers came and the skirts and the problems and so forth, the commitment held. The commitment held. That was my first experience. And then I, I, it, it held so well that I got a real estate license. I started selling real estate. Instead of driving semi, I drove truck most of my life. Then I went I want to drive uh, and sell stock and sell, you know, see if I can do that. I, I got full of faith and hope with these things. I said, hey, I got an air conditioning certificate. Um, all of a sudden, I got smart. It was because I came to these programs, and these words was just... Uh, so, and um, I was successful, and I thought church was going to keep me going to real estate, Zig Ziglar, go see Zig Ziglar, go see all these special speakers, you know, pay 
$160 or something for a seminar and things like that. And, uh, and, and over here was, was for a dollar. <laughs> well, eventually I lost a house. I lost a girlfriend again. I lost the Mercedes Benz. I lost all the titles. We had opened up a real estate office, and I had to pay back all my partners and stuff and the syndications. And, and uh, everything went to pot. And I drank again. I ended up with a hamster or a hamper. I don't remember. That's all I had left over. <laughs> After all these years, what I'm saying is that AA, because of the words in here, it, it, it makes, uh, I could have held on to the real estate. I got another lady pregnant. You know, I had, I had, I had, there's so much to my story. You know, I was in Sacramento one time, and I met a friend like Mark, and we were both doing our laundry, and the guy was N.A., and I was A.A., <laughs> and he says, hey, let's go up to the mountain and, 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 and trek the, the frozen mountains and stuff. He goes, I got all the equipment, he tells me, and you, you know you know what? I need to tell my story to somebody, and I need more than just 15 minutes, and for about three hours, as we think, he was in, he was, he was in front of me. I don't know if you've ever been in those mountains where... It sounds like Captain Crunch. Then you got to put big feet and then bigger feet because you're trekking the snow and you're going. You're trying to climb this 14, 10,000 frozen mountain. And this guy, I don't know if it was my story or what, but he was, he was taking off his clothes up and he was every 35 feet he was falling on the on the snow. He was just out of shape and I don't know if it was my story or what, but we finally got to the. He wanted to quit 45 minutes from the top, man. I said, come on, we can do it. But, but uh, the idea was is that I already had two families. I started another one. And I could have hung on to that one and made a life of it. But because I didn't stick to the program, I didn't. The two things I failed to do when I came back in 1994 in Tracy when I was driving truck for one uh, Safeway, uh, this, I understood commitment when I came back again. But this time... I had to be courageous enough to open up to a spiritual program and courageous enough to open myself up to, uh, to love and a sponsor. I didn't think you were going to... I was too dark on the inside. I didn't think you were going to be able to love me, and I was afraid to open up, basically. I can feel the love and, the, and, and, and you guys coming into my heart. And Hey, wait a minute, man. What is this shit? I said, I'm out of here. Because, you know, this is just the, the, the love of the fellowship was so strong in Tracy. And I left for about three weeks. I didn't drink. I just went up, and I was in the dark. And I had enough of the darkness out there, and I said, I'm, screw this. I came back in, and I started getting involved, and I fell in love with the Tracy Fellowship, with the people in there, and I started becoming a human being. And then, I, and then God started becoming so real. Easy does it became... My, my model for, uh, for doing anything, for driving semi, for dealing with the kids, for getting a spiritual intuition, should I do this, should I do that, and waiting upon God and, and, and having direction. So that, that, that helped me a lot, and that was uh, 21 years ago. I helped sustain the Tracy Fellowship. It broke up. First year I got there, is it me? Everywhere I go, it messes up. I saw the Tracy. You ever see a fellowship break up? They take, they take these things, they take the coffee pot, and they kick everything on the table, and half the guys leave, and the other half stay with the bills. And we ended up staying with the bills, but we lit up the, the place again. Um, but, you know, I have to remember that, that alcohol was like taking a shotgun and, then, and, and committing suicide. And blasting myself in here because they told me, I said, You drink that stuff, and for the rest of your life, your mind is going to reel and you're going to feel an emptiness. And, and, and you have just opened up a Pandora's box or whatever they say, and for the rest of your life. And sure, they were true. That's exactly what happened. The only antidote for this is a strong spiritual uh, with a lot of literature program. That will keep me peaceful out there. This is my third meeting in this room. By the way, we have 9 a.m. meetings on these, Monday through Friday and Sunday. And this is the only thing. When I'm uneasy, is I'm not putting enough in the hopper. 
reading the same pages every day, 86, 87, 88, 62, 63. It's amazing. I came, I stopped reading them for about two, three weeks, and I started feeling uneasy. It's a format. It's a computer thing. We only got 24 hours. It only takes about 15 minutes to get reprogrammed. And it, and, and it is, it tells you to, to say, thy will be done, you know. Keep the antennas up. And so that's the two things I want to uh, make a point is, is making a commitment and a spiritual awakening. With, in between spiritual experiences. But a spiritual awakening is that, that those that my awakening is, I need to be of service. Come over here, give a dollar, two dollars, three dollars, five dollars. I think, and I think I put about ten bucks a day in the pot, maybe more. Uh, probably more with a day. But you know, it, it, and it's really good to to meet, make friends like Mark, and then having a, a seeing him in service gives me faith, and seeing new people. I'm Fernando Alcoholic. Thank you. All right, Fernando. Thank you.